It's Thursday, the 31st of December. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. Shane Lee, we are officially saying goodbye to what has been a bludger of a year. <laughs> 2020, good riddance. Good riddance, mate. I can't wait for this year to uh, be behind us, and um, hopefully everyone will make sure they're COVID safe, and uh, and we go into 2021 with a, a brighter and, I suppose, a rosier path. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, let's start on on the right foot. We're going to look at the cricket. Sydney has the test match. Great news there. John Thompson's going to review a wild old world in motorsport, and also we're going to look back at a year in AFL that has been extraordinary really who would have ever thought there'd be a brisbane grand final in the afl let's get going okay let's start talking cricket uh shane great news that the test match will be played at the sydney cricket ground yeah how good is that mate i'm i'll be out there day two that's for sure and um yeah it's a lot of chopping and changing there they there was a last-minute deal done with the um, the Brisbane government so they can go straight from here up to Brisbane to play the fourth test. But really good news for Sydney siders that the Sydney test match is coming to town. And the one of the things is, and having played for Australia yourself and played for New South Wales, it was your home patch, the SCG, there's so much more than just those in Sydney, aren't they? Because we're such a big state, so many people from the bush, they have their yearly pilgrimage to the Sydney Cricket Ground. Of course, we know it's going to look a little bit differently this year, 50% capacity or there or thereabouts, but it means a lot to people who have been through not just pandemics, but droughts and floods and you name it. Big time, mate. And um, I remember playing at the SCG and you'd walk to certain parts of the, you know, even the members bar, and the same people from the same country areas there every year. They get there early and they, they, they get ready and they get their first schooner of beer early doors and before the first ball's bowled. So, yeah, it's, there's a lot of um, tradition and a lot of passion particularly the SCG. The other factor is we have so many New South Wales players playing in the Australian team, so they really lift in front of their home crowd. So come on, the Aussies. Yeah, and I urge people, if you're mobile enough and you're coming in by public transport, catch the train to Central and just walk up the hill. Do the Favot Street walk and take in the whole environment. It was a, a bit of a soundtrack of my childhood growing up in Guildford with six kids and mum and dad, and we'd wander up the hill. It was uh, you know, like quite an experience. So, yeah, the SCG test is on. But Joe Burns, well, he can go and spend some time uh, on the Queensland coast. He's out of the team. He is, mate. And, uh, yep, unfortunately, 134 runs in 13 knocks, not good enough. Um, Warner, we believe, is about 80% ready to go, um, but he'll definitely want to play. And Pekulski's now in the squad. So, yeah, it's gonna be a, you're going to see probably two new openers um, uh, lining up in the, uh, the Australian colours. Yeah, I was on air with uh, Candice Warner last night on uh, 2GB, and basically she said that David has been training – Every day. Well, you you know as well as anyone how hard he works at it. Uh, he's look. I know he's a he's he's a different kind of cat. He's a, he's got this quite bold and in your face personality. But with that comes a great work ethic, and she really believes that uh, he will play. And he may not be a hundred percent fit at the time, but. Uh, and and but he's happy to risk any further injury just to get back in and help the Australian team because one thing that you did note uh, in that Test match it wasn't just the runs but it was that sort of bullish uh, attitude that he's got that he brings with the experience to the team that they they really miss. It is mate, and what we've seen in the last two Test matches is that the Indian bowlers have been able to dictate terms. And, you know, Warner won't allow that at all. He, he puts the pressure back on the bowlers. Um, he makes them change their line and length and puts the pressure back on them. And then you see 
bowling changes happen a lot, lot more. Where unfortunately, um, with our sort of makeshift openers in the past couple of games, or I shouldn't say Burns the makeshift opener, but he hasn't performed well. Is that they've been sort of stuck on the crease, and India's been able to bowl the way they wanted to bowl for long extended periods, which led to pressure, which leads to wickets. Yeah, and look, they look like they're only getting stronger. I know Cole is out, but it looks like Rohit Sharma's coming mm. back in. Mate, they're, um, they're, they're a good team, and they smell blood at the moment. And I know India would love nothing more than to win again on Australian soil. Do you have a favourite moment from a Sydney Test match or, or a game that you played in? Was there one thing, I know there were Shield finals and, and, and other matches that you played there. Was there anything that sticks out, stands out for you here on New Year's Eve? Yeah, it does. I, I was fortunate enough to play in the Michael Bevan hitting the winning runs on New Year's Day. Um, unfortunately, I scored a duck that game, and they always replay that on TV, which is a little bit embarrassing. But uh, that was a real highlight for me, him, him, him hitting the winning runs on a, on, a, on New Year's Day. Um, Steve Waugh hitting the four to get his hundred. Um, I didn't play in that match, but I was actually in the crowd, and that was fantastic. Hitting a four for the last ball was brilliant. And I think winning my first Sheffield Shield in 93-94 against Tasmania, we won the game on the on day five early. So that was fantastic celebrations in the change rooms after that. So some really good memories for me on the SCG, and hopefully some more good memories will be made at this test match. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was commentating like I was doing some radio work when Bevan hit that four and, and against Roger Harper that night. Uh, but um, did he crack a smile? No, he's a pretty serious guy, old Bevo. Oh, yeah, it was quite a night. All right, we get nostalgic here on Afternoon Sport. We've got plenty more to come. John Thompson's going to look at a wild old world in motorsport real soon. We know the whole world has been turned upside down through the course of 2020 because of COVID-19. And with that, each individual sport... Uh, look, one of the, the largest sports of the world is Grand Prix motor racing. It's not just a circus. It's a village. It's a city. It's a town that travels from country to country. Um, so, Shano, I thought we'd get John Thompson on to sort of look back at what has been uh, a wild old year. Talk about wacky races, Tomo. Absolutely, Tinny, yeah. You know, I cast my mind back to Friday the 13th of March, sitting in a TV studio in Melbourne, about to do a cross-up to you in Sydney, and uh, it all started to unfold. Um, Dan Andrews came on TV at the Premier's conference and uh, said, if the Grand Prix goes ahead, uh, it'll be behind closed doors. And then within an hour, the Formula One uh, organisation and uh, the FIA had cancelled the race. By the time I drove from the Sky TV studios to the front gate at uh, Albert Park, uh, it was all over. For weeks before that, there had been rumours about whether the Grand Prix would go ahead. The cluster in Italy was really climbing. And of course, Ferrari and Alfa Tori were both based there. And then, of course, McLaren registered a couple of infections in Melbourne. Uh, and I had a phone call that very morning when I was sitting in that Sky TV studio from a friend saying, hey, listen, I've just heard that uh, Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton were on the 6.30 Emirates flight out of Melbourne this morning. Mm. And then I knew it was all over. So um, it was amazing, really, that the Grand Prix organisation was able to uh, regroup and actually get 17 uh, Grand Prix in this year, given that they didn't start the, the series until July. And a lot of the traditional Grand Prix had to go out the door. Um, it was some fantastic racing because it threw all the cards up in the air. I know it was probably um, 
obvious that Lewis Hamilton was going to win in the best car, but he had to do the job all the same. We visited some fantastic tracks that really um, suited the cars. I think the standouts were Portimao in, in Portugal. We hadn't been to Portugal for many years with the uh, Formula One World Championship. And also Mugello in Italy. Um, and also going back to Imola, the scene of that tragic weekend back in 1994 when Ayat and Senna and Roland Ratzenberger were both killed there. Um, but, but a great track all the same and, and a lot more safety features there now. So a lot of... Pluses came out of the year. Um, interesting year for Daniel Ricciardo, who uh, had announced that he was going to leave Renault, but he dragged Renault up the, the scoreboard and they finished fifth in the championship. Uh, he finished fifth in the Drivers' Championship, scored a couple of podiums and really lifted the team. Um, there's probably one of the standouts of the year. And also McLaren, the team that Daniel Ricciardo is going to, scoring third in the Manufacturers' Championship and some great results from its drivers, Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz Jr. John, um, away, away from the Formula One, what were the highlights on, on two wheels this year? Well, I think, um, again, it was a similar sort of situation. The MotoGP people had to regroup and try and find some new tracks. Um, and the other situation was that the guy that everyone thought was going to again blitz it, Mark Marquez, of course, had a pretty big accident, uh, very badly injured his arm, and then has actually crashed again in training and injured it again. And there's a big question mark over Mark Marquez's future. But uh, that enabled some other front runners to uh, come to the fore. And everyone thought maybe the Frenchman, Fabio Quattararo, uh, was going to be a dominant force on the Yamaha. Um, but in fact, he wasn't, he was pretty inconsistent. And the guy that came through and gave Suzuki its first world championship in many years, uh, the Portuguese rider, Joan Mir, was a real standout. Just through consistency, uh, strong performances all year. Um, it was a very big step up for uh, Australian Jack Miller on the Ducati, the Pramac Ducati. He stepped Steps onto a new full factory bike in 2021. So there's some big hopes for um, Jack Miller, who put in some stellar performances. Hopefully, on a bike that's a bit more tuned and uh, a bit better with tyre life, he can um, turn some of his early leads in races this year into wins in 2021. Yeah, the supercar world got uh, thrown upside down and they were really quite creative, weren't they, at times with the virtual racing? But uh, we, 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 we had a reasonable season considering the circumstances. Yeah, again, they, they really regrouped and uh, were able to put things together um, on the run. Uh, we got a Bathurst 1000, which was remarkable, even though there were only 3,000 people there. It was quite odd to drive up to uh, Gate 1 at the bottom of Mount Panorama and park my car within five metres of the gate. A bit like Chevy Chase from uh, the, the National Lampoon vacation. You could have got a spot anywhere. Turned up at Wally World when it was closed. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but some sensational racing through the year. A great result for um, Shane Van Gisbergen in clinching his first Bathurst 1000 victory. Um, he came close. He's come close many times in the past over the last ten years or so. Um, a prodigious talent and a real, real star. Um, part of that New Zealand uh, flotilla of drivers. And, of course, the other guy in that is Scott McLaughlin, who has now left supercar racing to go and take up a career in IndyCars with uh, Roger Penske and Team Penske, who, of course, have been a part of the supercar 
organisation as a partner with Dick Johnson Racing for the last few years. But they announced uh, as a bit of a shock towards the end of the year that they were leaving supercars, getting out of Australia, going back to uh, to just base their racing in um, in America. That was a lot about the visuals for Roger Penske, who um, obviously the COVID crisis hitting very severely for him in America. He's got a massive organisation there. He just didn't like the optics of uh, spending all this money down under on a racing program when he uh, actually had to make a lot of people redundant in his racing uh, organisation in the States in various categories and pull out of sports car racing there as well. So Scott McLaughlin set for a big career over there. The racing in supercars this year, um, again, he won... Scott McLaughlin was able to clinch the, another supercar championship um, on the strength of that really fantastic Dick Johnson Racing Team Penske uh, Ford organisation. Um, whether they were able to continue that on without the the efforts, the finance, the um, the wherewithal of the Team Penske organisation, um, and without Scott McLaughlin as its lead driver, mm-hmm. is yet to be uh, yet to be understood. But there's going to be a lot of um, a big shake-up in, in supercar racing in, in 2021. And in 2022, of course, we get a new uh, a new chassis, a new race chassis, the Gen 3 race chassis, that will enable a wider spectrum of cars to race in supercars. So we're looking forward to that. But um, all things being uh, considered, 2020 was a reasonable year of racing for supercars despite all the, all the hurdles and challenges. Hey, John, a quick question, more of a technical question. How far away are we from seeing electric cars or electric motorbikes um, on the circuit? Well, obviously, there's some categories now. Um, Formula E has been running uh, around the world stages as an FIA championship for the last um I think five or six years now, Um, it it hasn't really uh, captured everyone's imagination. I mean, part of the, um, the experience of, of motor racing is is the noise as much as anything. Gotcha. Uh, and bear in mind that the Formula One cars we've got now are hybrids. They do have an electric motor and they do have batteries on board and they harvest the energy from braking and um, uh, during parts of the race where they're able to, uh, to run the cars at full tilt and then use that electric power for an extra 50 horsepower when they can use it to pass. So that hybrid technology is part of it. Um, uh, there will be more electric racing. There's going to be an electric uh, German touring car championship uh, in 2021. Um, there are electric rally cars being developed. There's obviously the Formula E uh, and the FIM, the World Motorcycle Organization, is looking at developing uh, you know a top category electric bike. There are electric electric bikes, and they're probably um, probably going to be the most spectacular and and easily um, embraced formula of electric racing, but it's it's not on not too far away on the horizon, Shane. And and, and just finally, and with the change of chassis, I know we'll never get there, but boy, I used to love watching uh, the Hardy Ferrodo as it used to be back then, when there were Gemini's and Tiranas, and there was all sorts of different cars out there and Cortinas. Um, I know we're not going to get back to that, but at least we're going to see a little bit more of that variety, which is great. Tomo, twenty twenty, what a year! Goodbye, good riddance to it and uh, have a happy new year to yourself you too all the best thanks john coming up shortly drew jones from fox sports looks back at a crazy year in the afl
Oh, it's great to have your company on Afternoon Sport AFL. I, I love it. I love being at the ground. I love watching it on TV, Shane. Uh, it was so uh, turned upside down, like everything. But but who would have ever thought that the, the, the majority of games were going to be played in Queensland, including the grand final? Mate, my in-laws are from, from Melbourne. My mother-in-law is a diehard Geelong fan, and my father-in-law is a diehard North Melbourne fan. So can you imagine what that's like in lockdown? Oh. <laughs> it's it a tough year for all, and uh, they weren't very happy with the grand final going to Brisbane, but I think it's, it'll be good for growing the game. And um, yeah, we, the world didn't come to an end when it, when it moved to Brisbane, that's for sure. Yeah, I've got a brother and a sister and their families in Melbourne, and we all know how big a part uh, AFL or how big a part AFL plays in all of the lives of Victorians. And this moment when Gil McLaughlin announced to the world that the season had stopped, boy, it got a reaction. Today, after a meeting with the AFL Commission, the AFL has moved to immediately suspend the 2020 Toyota AFL Premiership season at the conclusion of this weekend's matches. We'll also conclude the NAB AFL women's season as a result of the continuing spread of the COVID-19 virus. Alrighty, let's look back at the AFL and uh, Drew Jones is with us right now from Fox Sports. Drew, a remarkable year. We just heard Gil McLaughlin um, and his announcement that the season basically was suspended. How did you feel at the time? Yeah, I mean, there was so much uncertainty with all parts of our lives, sort of losing um, such a big part of it in the AFL season, particularly for us in Melbourne. That was such a blow for us. You know, to, to have that to fall back on as a regular part of our lives, for that to then be gone. Um, yeah, that was tough. And, you know, we just didn't know when it was going to come back. Drew, a great win by the Tigers. Where, where does Dusty sit now in all-time greats, in your opinion? Isn't it funny, Shane, that we, we uh, 2020 was a year like no other, yet we'll look back at it and say, well, the Tigers won the flag and Dusty dominated in a grand final. It's, that's just par for the course, right? It's expected. <laughs> um, yeah, so... I think it's now between him and Lee Matthews for the greatest finals player of all time. And if you look at the regularity with which Martin performs on the big stage, it's hard to argue that it's not Martin. Like it, mm. if he's got seven best on grounds out of his last eight finals, he's kicked 21 goals or 22 goals one in that time. So he doesn't miss. Uh, and when the Tigers make the grand final, Martin wins the Norm Smith medal. So yep. at this stage, if the Tigers make two more grand finals, Dustin Martin's probably going to win a couple more Norms and his, his, you know, his trophy cabinet's going to be bursting at the seams. He's going to need two pool rooms. But that, oh, that, yes. you know, Richmond are a great team, but they have a transcendent player who is – is almost unstoppable. Oh, absolutely. They're going to have to give Daryl Kerrigan a call and get another pool room in. <laughs> but but the, the thing about him is that every time he kicks it, whether it be on the ground or in the air, invariably it goes through the Calicos or very, very close. And 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 we don't see that. We just don't see that. He is a once-in-a-generation player. Let's unstitch a little bit of the year because, you know, so many unprecedented moments worldwide across all of our communities, but but AFL in Queensland and Queensland as a home base, who would have ever thought? And a grand final in Queensland. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm glad that we got the opportunity to do something a little bit different. Um, you now the MCG had signed up a contract until 2058, something to host every grand final. At least now we know that 
no one, no one's going to die if we move the game elsewhere. Mm. Uh, you know, like it's possible everyone can enjoy the game no matter where it is. And imagine if we weren't under the circumstances that we're under right now, how great that week would have been in Queensland if everyone could have got out and about and lived normally and they could have had exposure to the players. You know, we didn't get a grand final parade. We didn't get all the normal events that you normally would. So the grand final week experience, if they eventually decide to move it elsewhere later down the track, which I think they will, um, will be even better and it'll mm. it'll grow the game and, it, it the, you know, the grand final deserves to be shared with every Australian. Um, as great as the MCG is, um, you know, the game is bigger than the G and if a few less people get to go, well, that's, you know, unfortunately that's just the way it has to be. Um, but Queensland did the AFL a solid, didn't they? They saved the season. Otherwise, um, it would have probably been 18 teams in Perth. Uh, and Perth's not big enough for barely two teams, let alone 18. That's for sure. My in-laws are from Melbourne, mate. They, they have a very different opinion on <laughs> moving that grand final. Uh, quick one with um, with Collingwood. Who's going to replace Eddie Maguire? Any tips there? Oh, great question. Uh, I don't know. Donald Trump's available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not according to him, he's not. Uh, yeah, well, well, we'll wait and see if, how smooth the handover is. Uh, yeah, I mean... You'd think after having such a boisterous and strong uh, leader, I'm trying to be as nice as possible here, yep. um, they would maybe opt for someone a little bit uh, more low-key now. I mean, with Eddie being in the media so frequently, essentially Collingwood were a news story for every day of the last 22 years. So um, maybe a little bit of a slightly uh, step out of the spotlight might be a good thing for the pies, they're always going to be a story in Melbourne, no matter what mm. they're doing. Um, but to have uh, Eddie perhaps around a little less, um, that might help them to breathe. Um, and they certainly need that right now. This is one of the most tumultuous periods in their recent history, given the salary cap um, turnover they had to have and that their slide down the ladder potentially could be quite quick if they don't, um, you know, get things right quickly. Mm. And Nathan Buckley is out of contract at the end of the season. So uh, there's a lot of upheaval coming. Eddie on the way out, uh, potentially uh, a coaching change if things don't go well. Um, so very interesting year at Collingwood. And, yes, we'll get uh, we'll get an idea eventually of some of the candidates. Um, but, uh, yeah, Donald, uh, maybe he'll take Eddie's phone call. We'll see. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine that. And, and, and conversely, Eddie might end up in uh, politics for the Labor Party at a federal <laughs> level. But I, look, look, look I, I think you're 100% right. It is time for him to go, really. And he's done a great job and all the infrastructure and he's brought so much to the club. But you really do need change in that environment at all clubs, at all organisations at some point. And a few decades on, well, it, it is time. So um, it'll be interesting to see where Eddie, uh, he, he never keeps himself... Uh, quiet for very long at all and there is the talk of politics there's talks of all sorts of things but we'll look forward to that Drew have a great new year I know you've got to run and um, let's get you back on to talk a little bit more of uh, the footy of 2021 boys I'd love to hopefully it's uh, it's an easier year for everyone but uh, best of luck for your new years good on you Drew cheers mate That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app 
so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to Drew Jones and to John Thompson today. Thanks to our sponsors, Spartan Sports. And what is that website again, Shana? You've got it on the tip of your tongue. SpartanSportsHQ.com. Okay, there it is. All right, buddy, we will see you in 2021. Oh, and how dare I not remember? How dare I not say this right at the start? He's become a father. Our producer, our amazing podcast legend, Dan McHugh, has become a dad. You beauty. So congratulations to him and his family, and he does do a great job. I know we have some fun. See you uh, you next year. See you, mate. See you then.